Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 105 of Process to Profitability. Today is my first solo episode since returning from my maternity leave in June, and I'm sharing what that return to work has really looked like. I'm going to share what my maternity leave plan looked like, give a quick recap of my birth story, and share what I did while on leave. Then I'm going to talk about the transition back into work and how my expectations did and didn't meet reality. I'm also chatting about what my schedule looks like now and some things I wish I had known when planning and coming back after a maternity leave. Let's get started today by talking about what my maternity leave plans were. When I first sent out my emails to my clients and shared my maternity leave on social media, my plan was to take about three months off. I was going to take two weeks off before my due date in order to make sure everything was wrapped off in the business and to enjoy my husband's spring break, which was right before our due date. And then I was going to come back in the middle of June when my husband got done with school. So I was going to be off for about two months after my son was born. The plan was that I would release old episodes of the podcast so that content would still be going out, but I wasn't having to do anything new. I also had my social media manager on board to do less posts than normal, but to still keep my social channels active so that I didn't have to worry about just dropping off the face of the planet. For social media, what my plan was and what we ended up doing was having scheduled posts for Facebook and Twitter to keep those active. And then I was going to post on Instagram with updates about the family and our new son and anything that came up, as well as having um, promotions for the podcast episodes go out every week. I wanted to keep things as easy as possible, but I also knew that if there was updates that I wanted to share about our baby, it was going to have to come from me. They couldn't be scheduled in advance. I also had told my clients ahead of time that I would be going on maternity leave. We scheduled all of the work to be done before my leave started. And then I gave them information about people they could contact if there were things that they needed to have done while I was away and it couldn't wait until I was back. I put up away messages on my website and I really made it pretty clear that I was on leave. I would be checking email about once a week and responding to people then. But other than that, you know, things were going to be delayed and I was going to be taking it easy. All of that was a really great plan and I was excited about it. But Daniel, our son, came a week and two days late. So we were hoping he would be early and of course he was not. He came on April 17th instead of April 8th, which was my due date. So I actually sat around with nothing to do for about three weeks. I had originally planned those two weeks before my due date to be free of client work, but to be flexible enough that there was stuff that I could work on if I wanted to work and I had the time. But I wanted to give myself enough time off so that if our baby came early, I wasn't scrambling to let my clients know that I could no longer finish their projects. 
I'm really glad that I did it that way, but those three weeks sitting around were pretty boring and got pretty frustrating. There were some projects I could have worked on, but really I was tired. I took advantage of the time off and just cleaned the house, got things ready on my end of things, so I didn't sit around and do very much work during that time. We went into the hospital on April 16th uh, around lunchtime, and he was born April 17th right after midnight. So he missed the 16th by about 29 minutes. We stayed in the hospital for two days, and then we were home in time to spend Easter weekend with my husband's family and our new baby. So that was really fun, and he was happy and healthy from the very beginning, which was very much a blessing. So that's a quick recap of how things went. I know that you guys probably don't want to hear all the details on this podcast, but that just gives you a timeline of how things went when he was born. You know, I had the standard six-week recovery to go through, and that actually went pretty smoothly. I felt like I could get up and move around just a couple days after he was born. We went for walks about a week after. And by the time, you know, he was six weeks old, I was feeling really good and back to normal pretty much. So I didn't have a long recovery period, which was very nice. And it meant that as things moved along, I was able to still keep up with things around the house. I was able to get back to work as planned instead of having any extra delays. So you might be wondering, what do you do when you're on maternity leave? And that was what I was wondering too. I originally thought I would get bored and want to be able to go back to work. But what I found was I really just did a lot of resting and bonding with our son and figuring out what life was going to look like. So. My husband had six days off starting on that Tuesday that we were in the hospital and then he went back to work the next Tuesday right after Easter weekend. I had one day on my own when he went back to work and then my in-laws came down for about a week to help with the baby, which was very helpful. They cooked and did stuff around the house so that I could take care of Daniel and also allowed me to take naps. At that point, Daniel was sleeping pretty good. Newborns are very sleepy, which I really did not realize how hard it would be to have to wake him up. But we were still getting up a couple of times during the night. And so I really had no thoughts of going back to work. The only thing that I did do was just keep an eye on my inbox to make sure that nothing urgent came in and I am totally an inbox zero kind of person, so I would delete emails once a day to just keep things cleared out. Once my in-laws left, I had about a week that I was totally on my own, and that was really overwhelming. I was very nervous about it, but it worked out. The first couple of days, I tried to do it by myself with my husband at work, and I got pretty anxious about things. So I reached out to some friends, I went and visited them, I had them watch Daniel for a few hours so I could get a break, and that was exactly what I needed. It wasn't that I couldn't do it on my own, but more like I needed to get out of the house, I needed to interact with people, and since I was feeling up to it, I took advantage of that. We went to the zoo, we went to some friends' houses, 
and that was really good for us. And then my mom came down for a week uh, after that to help, so I was able to kind of have a little bit of a transition to doing it on my own, and then I was able to have help to catch back up with things that I hadn't done. But I really took that entire two months off. I didn't get started back with work until almost the last week of June. I kept up with my emails the whole time so that I could delete anything that I didn't need, file the stuff that I did. I had a couple of clients reach out with questions about stuff we could do when I returned and some who asked about doing work that needed to be done right away. So I was just able to refer them to people that I had already built a relationship with. It made it really simple. And because my clients knew that I was on maternity leave and they could see what was going on over on Instagram, they were really understanding. And the emails that I did get pretty much said, you know, I know you're on leave, but can we put this on the to-do list for when you get back? It was more of them getting the ideas out of their head and to me so that we knew what we were looking at upon my return. Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox. And you can find that at lemonandthesea.com my dash toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, running my business, and other things. So you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox. The transition back into work has definitely been more difficult than I expected. So when I started back into work, Daniel was not taking very good naps and he is exclusively breastfeeding. And so I was the one that had to feed him every time he got hungry, which is usually every two to three hours. So what I did when I got started was I sat down at my computer. I took the first week to just catch up with everything that had to be done to get back to my clients to schedule the projects that they needed done. And I started looking at scheduling new guests for podcast episodes. That took about a week to just kind of get back into the swing of things. I would work for a couple of hours at a time and then I would take a break. It was never a solid chunk of time which I thought I was going to be able to, you know, sit down at my desk and work for four hours and then get up for lunch and go back to work for a couple of hours like I did before. I don't know why I thought that, but that was my expectation because my husband was home. I knew he would be able to help take care of our son. As time has gone on and we are getting ready to make another transition where my husband's back at work full time, Things have still looked a little bit different. Daniel is taking better naps now, so I have at least a couple of hours every day where he is taking a nap and I don't have to worry about him. And he's also really good at entertaining himself. So what our days look like now is I will get up when he gets up. It's usually around 7.30. I get him ready for the day. We kind of take our mornings a little bit slow, eat breakfast, and then By eight o'clock or so, we are upstairs. He has a playmat right next to my desk that he loves. And so he hangs out over there for about a half an hour while I just go through my emails, get started with the day. And then he's ready to go down for a nap. 
usually that first nap of the day is an hour to two hours. And so I'm able to get a good chunk of stuff done. I kept up with my regular schedule. So every Friday I do my banking and accounting stuff. A lot of times in the morning I am answering client emails. And then when he wakes up from that nap, I go and play with him and feed him and make sure all of that's taken care of. A lot of times he will go back down for a nap about an hour and a half after that. So sometimes that's over our lunch break. And right now my husband is home for that, but coming up very shortly, he will not be. So I eat lunch. I usually make sure that I take the dog out. I might sit down and watch a TV show and just take a little bit of a break or I will take a nap and then Daniel gets up again. In the afternoons, we spend a lot of time where he's just hanging out next to me and playing and I am working. It seems like it works out really well for us because that way I can keep an eye on him, but he's learned to entertain himself so well and it's such a blessing. The thing that has been the hardest getting back to work and having him right next to me is he likes to babble. So when I am on client calls, they will hear him in the background. And when I have podcast interviews, I have to make sure that they are scheduled either during a nap time or during a time when my husband can watch him so that even if he is crying because he's hungry, we can't hear him. He's not right next to me at my desk. I've also taken advantage of a couple of friends offers to watch him. So if I have an interview that I know is just a really inconvenient time, I'll take Daniel over there, drop him off for a couple of hours. He can hang out with their kids and that way I can get done what I need to do without having baby sounds in the background. So that's been the transition back into work. When I think about what my plan was, I was really nervous that my clients would not come back to me, that I would come back to work and there would be nothing to do. And that just wasn't the case. All of my clients that I had been working with on an ongoing basis kind of built up a to-do list and we worked through that when I came back. And I was able to have the time to record all of the podcast interviews that are coming out over the upcoming weeks. But what I really found as far as expectation goes And I mentioned this before, but I expected to be able to get back into a regular schedule with work. And that just hasn't been the case. For a really long time, Daniel was not on a schedule for his naps. He still isn't on a schedule, but at least he is more consistent in about what time he goes to sleep and about how long he will sleep for. So I can plan a little bit better. He's also more independent now as he is four months old, so I don't have to be holding him every second of the day like I was when he was first born. I also expected that I was going to want to jump back into work right away. And when it came time to start back to work, when I told my clients I was gonna be working again, I was actually really sad. I had enjoyed my maternity leave just getting to spend time with my baby and take things slow and rest. Running a business can be more exhausting than we realize until we take a break from it. And so while I loved what I was doing, I was a little bit surprised that I wasn't just itching to get back into it. 
I will say that now that I am back into work, I've realized that I do love what I do and I couldn't imagine not coming back at all. So I'm glad that I've had that ability. I'm glad for the days that I can sit down and get a solid couple of hours of work done. And that has been really nice. What I want to share with you, if you're anything like me, and I think a lot of creative entrepreneurs are, are a couple of things that I wish I had known and done differently. The first one is when I came back to work, I way overscheduled myself. I wanted to get a lot of podcast episodes recorded before my husband went back to work, knowing that I would have help during those times. And while I'm really glad at this point that I did it that way, while I was doing it, it was exhausting. I would have three or four or five hour long calls a week and I'm already an introvert and I was having to run back and forth to feed Daniel in between calls and it was just a mess. There were three or four weeks in a row where I just dreaded Mondays because I knew my calls were gonna start. And while they're fun, it was also very draining to have that many in a row. I also think that coming back into work, because I wanted to be able to serve all of my clients, I wanted to get to things right away, I overbooked my work schedule as well. And I felt like I had to get everything done as quickly as possible. What I wish I had known was that my clients were still very understanding if things were a little bit slower to get done. I could have spread out that work more than I did, but because of my personality, I packed it all in right away. Now that things have slowed down and I've kind of gotten caught up on all the backlog of things, it's a lot more flexible. I have emails that will come in and projects that I'm working on, but I don't feel like I have to be tied to my computer to get things done as quickly as possible. Another thing I wish I had known was that Daniel was going to be almost a week and a half late. I ended up having three weeks of leave before he was born. And while I was able to enjoy that time, I also felt like so much of my leave was taken up and he wasn't even here yet. So what I would recommend to somebody is depending on how you work, either have some client work that you can do that's not urgent or really commit to a couple of projects that could get done. I did not do that. I could have fit in some podcast interviews to prepare for the upcoming season or worked on stuff behind the scenes. And I didn't do that because while I kind of made this list of, okay, I could do these things, it wasn't anything that I was excited about working on. And so I really didn't work on them. Because of the business I'm in, I kind of had to set a final deadline for my clients and then a final come back to work day. But if you're in a business where you can be a little bit more flexible with that, I would recommend it. I think having a baby, you never know exactly when they're gonna be here. So you want to take advantage of the after the baby is born leave as much as possible. And I wasn't able to do that. I did still have two months after he was born and I was grateful for that and it worked out pretty well. But 
if you are having to take a shorter leave than that because of your work schedule, I would really try to work to as close to your due date as you can so that you can take more time off afterwards. Another thing that I wish I had known was that once I got back into work, I was really going to want to work. What I found is that it can be really distracting to have a baby next to me while I'm working or even downstairs where I can still hear him. While I want to spend time with him, I also really love what it is that I do. And so I want to be able to commit to my work. And when I'm doing something that I love, I get really into it and I kind of zone out everything else. And so the days where I have been able to take him to somebody else and know that he's well taken care of have been a huge blessing because I don't have to feel like I have to split my attention while I'm at my desk. That's not going to be a reality all the time. We cannot um, afford to have a full-time babysitter in our household, but I know that I need to take advantage of those times and those days at least every once in a while so that I can have really dedicated work time. That's good for me, it's good for my business, and I think it's really good for him to make sure that he's interacting with other people. One last thing that I wish I had known was that chores around the house are not going to happen as frequently when you have a baby. While we do not have an absolutely pristine house, I hate dusting. We do keep things pretty clean. I clean the bathroom once a week. I make sure the laundry is done once or twice a week. That has kind of fallen by the wayside. Laundry still gets done because we have old blowouts and we're using cloth diapers, so things have to get washed. But my bathrooms have not gotten a really good scrub since a couple weeks after Daniel was born. And I hate saying that, but it's just not the priority right now. And it was a struggle for me at first to feel like I had to keep up with everything I had been doing pre-baby. And I realized after talking with my husband that we needed to set our priorities as far as what were the things that needed to happen as far as cleaning, what needed to happen as far as meal prep, and how we could divide that up. And what we came to the conclusion of was we needed to plan out our meals in advance and make them easy for me to cook. We needed to keep up with the laundry and the dishes, but we could run the dishwasher every night. We needed to wipe down the counters so the bathrooms looked clean, but they didn't have to be scrubbed every week if I couldn't get to it. And setting those expectations between the two of us has really helped me to let go of the feeling that everything has to be perfect all the time because it's not going to be when you have a baby and a business and a family and other things you want to get done. So if you are taking an extended leave, especially to take care of a new baby or a family member or whatever it is, I would give yourself some flexibility. Sit down with your family and make a list of, okay, these are the things that are really important to us as far as cooking and cleaning and all of that. And then these are the things that if they don't get done every week or every day, it's okay. Things can be a little bit messy for right now. They're going to be a little bit messy when you have a kid anyway. So that was something I really struggled with. And 
we have had to work through as a family. My biggest takeaway from my maternity leave was that if you let your clients and your customers know with enough notice in your business, you can work through everything you need to before you go on leave, and then they're still going to be there when you come back. Your clients and your customers have hired you for a reason and they trust you and your business. And so they are still gonna want to work with you when you come back from your leave. The big thing is just communicating with them about what's happening, when it's happening, and what they can expect before you leave, while you're on leave, and after you get back. I have been given so much grace by the people that I work with, and I am so blessed to have clients that understand what it's like to be a mom running a business. And a lot of that comes from just communicating what it is that is going on and letting them know when there might be delays or when I won't be able to do a call. They have been very understanding, and that is something that I was worried about but that I realize now that I have built a really great base of clients who understand all of this, who are running their own businesses with families and friends and lives outside of that. And so we are able to connect in that way and they are able to give me the space that I need as long as I am willing to communicate that with them. If you are planning a leave and you want some more resources, I would recommend that you check out my episode on my maternity leave plan. I link to a ton of different resources that I looked at when I was planning my own leave. And if you are interested in learning more about running a business and creating systems that are going to help you while you are on leave, listen to other episodes of the podcast that are relevant to you. I learned so much while I was recording these episodes in the past that have really helped me build systems and tools and processes that have allowed all of these things to run smoothly in my business so that I didn't have to worry about them and was able to enjoy the time that I took off. If you learned something from this episode and you liked listening, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show and it's helped me bring on some amazing guests for the rest of the upcoming season. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.